0: What's
1: up everybody and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and TV shows that accompany those universes. And today is a very special day on Multiverse Monologues, a milestone day, a red letter day for this podcast where we are entering into the MCU on our Marvel Movie Marathon, where we watch every Marvel film that was ever put to the big screen. Today, we become part of a bigger universe. We just don't know it yet. And I say we, because I'm talking about my co-hosts, the gentlemen who journey through the mystery and all the movies with me on this Marvel podcast. First off, we have Mr. Ethan Wensloff. Ethan, how are you doing
2: today? I'm doing awesome. I'm glad to be here talking about Iron Man, the first entry into the MCU, I've grabbed my box of scraps from home and brought it here, set it up, and we're ready to talk about Iron Man 2008.
1: We also have here Mr. Micah hat. Micah, how are you doing today? Oh, man. You know, I'm doing
0: great. Uh, I'm I'm a little hungry, so I think before we get started, I'm going to need a cheeseburger. True.
1: (laughs) Cheeseburger from from Burger King, right? Cheeseburger first, yeah. Doesn't he go to Burger King, I'm pretty sure, Oh in the movie? movie? Oh, Oh, which, oh, man. Now I'm just thinking about where that, that line pays off in the long run. Give me a little. It pays (laughs) off in the
2: short run too, so we need to dive into it.
1: That's very, very true. So let's just let's just get right into it. Let's dive right in. Before we get into it, subscribe to our YouTube channel where awesome videos are uploaded every week, and uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It would be greatly appreciated. We are just as we said getting into the MCU for our Marvel movie Marathon, so these will be posted every week, along with. All of the other projects that are released on podcast format so look forward to more projects down the line but gentlemen let's get into it let's open our sling rings and head over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe
2: no one's allowed to talk is that it can't talk
0: no you intimidate them good god you're a woman (laughs)
2: Is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? I humbly present the Jericho. To peace. Tony Stark, now you work for me.
0: What are you building, Stark?
1: Yes, everybody, Iron Man, this is it. We are here, we are entered into the MCU. It's not the first time we've been to the MCU, but it's the first time we've been to the start. And before we dive into our thoughts, Ethan has a synopsis for us.
2: Yes, Iron Man 2008, the first entry of Marvel Studios into this much bigger universe. This movie is directed by the man himself, John Favreau, who is still doing amazing work. In various amounts of fandoms, and then the executive producer on this is Peter Billingsley, who has a cameo later in the film that we will talk about. Starring Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, Terrence Howard as James Rhodes, Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane, John Favreau as Happy Hogan, and Sean Tobe as Yinsen. And the plot of this movie is, uh, we've all seen this, but let, let, let's let dive into it just a little. After being held captive in an Afghan cane, cave, billionaire engineer Tony Stark creates a unique weaponized suit of armor to fight evil. And in this movie, we get our eighth Stan Lee cameo. And what?
1: I'm pretty sure that Stan Lee cameos in every Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, as he is an executive producer on every one of these mm-hmm. films as well. But I mean... Yeah, I mean, th- this is the start. This is really the blueprint on every, how to build basically a cinematic universe. And we're going to dive into that as we go along and how to create like a successful one because this is just like a perfect movie. But did you say did you say Terrence Howard
2: as War Machine? Terrence Howard?
1: Not Don Cheadle?
2: Not Don what Cheadle. What happened there, man? We, I think we should dive into that when we actually get to the recasting. Is that Iron In Man 2? Iron two, Man right? 2. Yeah. Yes. There we go. So,
1: this is it, gentlemen. We've entered the MCU. Micah, what do you think of Iron
0: Man? Iron Man. Wow. What's not to love about Iron Man? Everything from the action, the build-up, the romance, the enemy the what uh, what's the what's the guy's name? The enemy dude? Ironmonger. Like two weeks. <laughs> Ironmonger?
2: Yeah. Sure. Obadiom- that's his that's his comic book name, but Stane. this yep. dude. <laughs> he is... Side note real quick. D- yeah. t- does he look like Travis Fleming to you? He totally does. Just a does. little, yeah. He totally does.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, Don't understand. who's for Tra- another, another podcaster.
2: Yes, a, a, a fellow podcaster in the business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love Obadiah Stane. I love how he is... for For, like, the first half of the movie, he's not revealed to be a bad guy. Like, he has... Okay, like, this guy could be doing some bad stuff, but... His arguments are a bit convincing from a business standpoint. You can say, okay, yeah, business, he's just a business guy doing business. It's not just, they don't just throw away the line, oh, he's a business guy doing business, like what I just said, but he actually is making money moves for his company. <laughs> oh, tell me,
2: this is United Symphony. Oh, what a masterpiece,
0: look at this. This is your legacy and A new generation of weapons
2: with this at its heart. Weapons that will help steer the world back on course, put the balance of power in our
0: hands. It's, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. And it, it shows, okay, he does this so that they can do this. And he is working in the, he's a cold-blooded killer, dude. I don't. I didn't remember. I didn't know why you guys ranked them so highly in your in your villains list uh, until I watched the movie. I I, I had seen Iron Man before, uh, but this was the first time that I watched it from a, a film aspect. I was just watching it for fun before, and now I'm seeing. Oh, I love the relationship between Pepper Potts and Tony Stark. I love that it's a lot of unspoken stuff that they're like, okay, this is a long time coming. There is this is huge history. Pepper has seen. Tony and his highs and lows. She's kind of she's kind of like done with him in some parts but also really wants him in other in other spots and he, she doesn't love him for the money and all these different things and I love to talk about more and uh what you guys think <laughs> about Pepper Potts' relationship. Um I love how there are hints of Tony's past sneaking up on him with his with his how his dad died and uh or I guess both parents died and uh I love how he takes This new stance on his company and just doesn't care what the investors think. He's just going all for it. And I am Iron Man, you know, and I'm shutting down the weapons division until we do this and just doesn't care about his consultants. He's going all in with his thoughts. He has his own opinions. He's going to do whatever he wants because he is the name of the company. And it's just fantastic. I don't think we see an Iron Man like this for a long time. Do you remember the first time you
1: saw this movie? Ooh, Cause I mean, for I remember oh, I it was a long in time elementary ago. School, this is man.
0: 2008. I was six. Uh, I probably saw it when it came out around then. Uh, last time I saw it though was sophomore year of high school, maybe. Oh wow! I wanted to watch through all the movies. I watched through. I got through Iron Man and Hulk, and that was it. And then I stopped. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that sounds about my real typical cool, rewatch yeah. yeah, Ethan, do you remember when you first saw this movie?
2: So the first MCU film I saw was Captain America, the first Avenger. And I watched that the night before my grandma took us to see the Avengers in the theaters. So I think it was a couple years after that when I was able to watch Iron Man. So yeah, I, re- I remember it, but like I was young enough to where it didn't quite hit the way it could have. But watching it now, I, I really appreciate this movie. And I, I love that we're getting to the part of our watch-through where we've seen these movies before. Because to me, it's there's always a lot less pressure when I've already seen a movie because then I can just watch it and enjoy it for the things I like and just kind of take it all in. Whereas when we watch things for the first time, I have to watch it with a more uh, critical eye and actually judge if the choices are that they're making work. But no, th- this movie... And not to say that the choices they make in this movie don't work because they do. This movie is... Just a staple in the MCU. You can see why why it kicked off this huge universe. And I think that just the the reliance on practical effects and the realism of this movie, I think, mm-hmm. are what really help introduce new people into the superhero world. It was a great way to start and just the casting. Micah touched on it a bit, but I think the casting in this movie is Stellar. Cool. is top tier. And everyone Everyone always points to RDJ as Iron Man, and that is awesome casting. But I, I do think Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. as Pepper Potts is also some really good casting in here. But, yeah, I, I really enjoy all the performances, and I'm, I'm just excited to talk about Iron Man.
1: When I was seven, eight years old, my um my dad was the biggest Iron Man fan. And this is saying something, because my dad doesn't really like movies that come out these days. He's more of an old eighties, you know, star Wars back in the OG days, back to the future, you know, matrix stuff like that. But he always would watch iron man and that would always be on. And I was like, why, why do you like this movie? And he's like, it's just cool, man. It's just a cool movie. This guy builds his own suit and escapes from these terrorists. You know, it's, related to the real life world and everything like that. And my dad was invested. Not one moment did he ever care about comic books or extended material or tie-in material, anything like that. He was only invested in the story mm. of Iron Man. And that's why I think, not that he knowingly like, knew that or what it would become, but it was that was the success of this film. And I think that's what Jon Favreau and company were trying to do. They weren't trying to make a movie that tied into everything else. So, me, little me sitting there as a kid watching Iron Man like smoke out bad guys in like the mountains in Iran or whatever, yeah. like that was awesome as a kid. But now, watching it, yeah, you know, I've see, I watched this movie for my endgame rewatch. But now, especially after that, especially some of the conversations that he has with Pepper. Some of the quiet moments in this movie hit a lot harder. And not only is it a great start to a cinematic universe, a cinematic multiverse, it's the blueprint for how to create one. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't tie into anything. It's just a good story from start to finish. And the character arc that he goes on in this movie is literally why we root for him going forward. hmm Look at where he starts.
2: Cocky, jerk, idiot, playboy, and and let's not pretend like he is, you know, fully pure by the end of this movie. He mm-hmm. just he has a change in his viewpoint, and you, we get to we'll get to talk about it when we talk about Iron Man Two. But
0: he's just cocky about his new viewpoint. That's, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he just changes where he's
1: looking. But there's this key moment in the movie where everything shifts, mm-hmm. and it's in the caves. Mm-hmm. It's during his escape, and it's when he meets with Jensen, who mm-hmm. is one of the coolest characters that we only see once, that on, or twice. I Yes. Yep. Oh, man, you're right. Oh, you're totally right, man. I forgot about that. We get a oh, small cameo awesome. in Iron Man 3. Yes, I forgot about that. That is epic. But he basically says, don't waste your life. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your life, Stark. Mm-hmm. And from then on, he goes on to basically be a beast. And he saves the universe from half of it. <laughs> it brings everybody back, man. It, that, the legacy that this movie leaves on amplifies it. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that really stood out to me was the use, like you said, of practical effects. Ever since, I think, maybe Civil War, we've gotten used to a really CGI-heavy mm-hmm. Iron Man. Not that he isn't in this movie. But just the scenes where he suits up, man, are so nice. Like every scene where he's putting on that armor and the music's playing, you never get that, man. It holds up too. It's only that in these Iron Man good. films, yeah. It does. Well, that watching all
2: good. Watching all the behind-the-scenes stuff is so many more shots of the suit are practical than I thought would be. Just the anytime you see the Mark. Mark II, I believe, the, the all silvered yeah. out one in his shop. That's all practical. There's a real guy in there walking around, and all the molding, like because you do, you do talk about in Endgame and in later films how you see Tony, and it is very CGI heavy, and you can't really picture a man in that suit. But with uh, with Iron Man, there was so much work put into it behind the scenes to make sure every movement that that suit makes is something that a real person could do in this suit and make sure that a real head could fit in that helmet. And then they actually do utilize that. They had already get full body molded and ma- made sure that all the parts of the suit could fit on him. So I that that's something that I really do love about this movie is the practical effects because a lot of times people say, oh, you can't notice, but you really can, you mm-hmm. c- really can.
0: Yeah, in this movie, you can tell that they took their time with the CGI. It wasn't. So, the new movies that are coming out, you hear all these news stories. They're like, yeah, Marvel is the worst to work mm-hmm. with, but they pay the most. So, that's why we take the jobs. They say the CGI houses, they're like, yeah, I just had to redo an entire last act in a week mm-hmm. or something yeah. insane like that. And it's not fair to them. And I think that. Iron Man is an example of what CGI can do if you just spend some time on it. Some love, some care, dedication, really showing the craft. And ah, I just love what they've done with the practical effects, too. Was that scene where Pepper is reaching the hand in? How All much? practical. That's yeah. practical. Yeah, Insane. They'd never do that. They'd never do that today.
2: Wait, how? So he, RDJ is standing up, and then there's a fake chest branching off from his... Uh, shoulder area what yeah so he that is the most impressive show in this movie
1: what that is epic i never knew that holy Mm -hmm. cow
2: a lot of this movie is practical if you're questioning it if you think that probably could have been practical probably was Mm.
1: well because i mean look at i mean look at a suit up the last time we got a really good iron man suit up the last time it was significant was I think in Infinity War when he puts on the nanotech armor and he goes to fight Koleb City in an Ebony Maw. Mm-hmm. But even in that, it's like, it's three seconds spent on him, like, and it's not cool. You know, it's just, I, it, it, it's, tech, you're like, it's cool. That's it. it's, it's kind cool. of cool, but is it as cool as something they don't like are, this? nowhere near as, right. as cool as They don't, as don't it do the whole slow
0: mo, like, and yeah. then all mechanical, suiting up. Yeah. When was the one where he had the suitcase? I think the suitcase That's one is my favorite. Iron Man 2. Suit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Iron yes. Man 2. When he's in the speedway and he's got like oh. the...
1: <laughs> that one goes so hard. And the one... For- Do you remember the third one? The um, the, the one- fact
0: that we're talking about these is just a tribute to how cool
1: an Iron Man suit-up could be. And yes. this movie
0: has what? Like seven? I don't even know. He's
1: got the Mark one he's from got the Mark 1. And then the Mark 2, which is the all-silver one. And then the Mark 3, which is his... Re- the red and gold one the first one red the red hot red rod red. red one yeah mm-hmm. and then i think we see the it's mark 4 form. and 5 in iron man 2 yeah and then that's what he goes into avengers with yeah. cuz i remember the only reason i remember that is cuz of the legos cuz <laughs> i i remember si- signifying which mark he was on in which movie and then it was a crapshoot
2: by like age of ultron I, I think 50.
1: or in in no in iron man 3 iron man
2: 3 when they all show yeah. up yeah But, no, talking about this suit is just the fact that in any suit-up scene, when they're, like, the idea of this iron suit being able to fly around is so ridiculous, but when you're watching it happen, you're like, yeah, the the way they ground it in reality is, like, you can believe that a guy, a billionaire genius, was able to engineer this suit of iron and actually fly in it.
0: And then I love that they take it to the next level, too. They make him, so they... When he first gets the suit, he sh- he shoots off to that one place where they're having that town hostage.
1: Golmera is the yeah, town. Yeah, the,
0: the terrorists have the town hostage, and they're like kidnapping the women and children and all that sad stuff. And then Iron Man comes in, destroys those terrorists, just completely wrecks them. And uh, dude,
1: when he when he's sitting there and all the guys are like holding him, yeah. and his little thing pops up and targets each one of them, and he takes them all out just right there, just like in Mando oh my god did
0: favreau was favreau directing both uh that episode of mando and this
1: favreau knows how to make a dark a really cool character like oh yeah. he he really does
0: oh and then and then to go off of that real quick uh then he shoots off back into the sky going back to america and the air force and everyone's yeah. freaking out yeah. they're like what is this thing
2: Whiplash to re-engage if you get a clear shot you take it.
0: We don't even know what we're shooting at.
2: Call off the rap. That thing just took out an F-22 inside a legal no-fly zone. Whiplash 2, if you have a clear shot, take it.
0: We have no idea. It shows how just insane the idea of an Iron Man is and how powerful Tony Stark made this weapon. He made the ultimate weapon on Earth, and it still wasn't done. Like, he has 50 more marks to go mm-hmm. <laughs> until we get to the nanotech in just unbeatable... Iron
2: I uh, Yeah, I just love the quote at the end of the movie with Ob- Obadiah, and he's like, "Trying
0: kind to of rid the world of weapons. You gave us the best one ever, Pepper,
1: and now I'm gonna kill you with
2: it." Because in the in the it's so true. It's so true that he he set out to destroy these weapons, but in in the process, he he ma- he made. The most dangerous one, and I want to go back to that one scene you were talking about, Micah. And well, what was the place they were at? Golmira. Yeah, Golmira. The, the sound design in that scene, yeah, so good. You get to hear the arc reactor go for the first time, it, it and the the metal clanking of the suit, is it's just so good. And mm. I re, I really just just love all the little detail they put into this. And just if you go on uh, go on Disney Plus, and if you go to the the Iron Man tab. This is the great thing about Disney Plus is they got so many extras on there. And they you have a little series called I Am Iron Man on there. And there's, I don't know, there's six little little 10-minute episodes, and I was able to watch all of them in prep for this podcast. And just doing that is so cool just to see John Favreau going to work and the effort he put into this and how scared he truly was leading up to the release of Iron Man and just in the... Uh, process of making this film, John Favreau lost seventy pounds just wow. making the film, Whoa. just by working on it. And he was a big guy. He was, yeah. And you see Happy in this film; he's he's pretty slim. So yeah, yeah. But seeing John Favreau put all the work in, and just seeing Kevin Feige excited about the start of this bigger universe because they they all had hopes and dreams of this getting bigger. They did. Kevin Kevin Feige was uh, it was funny in the the one I watched, John Favreau was stressed it out. He's like, I don't know how good this movie will do. I don't know. And then it cuts to Kevin Feige, and he's so chill. He just, <laughs> you could just tell he knows. He knows. He knows this movie is going to be good.
1: Well, because been, he's been a part of all these other movies mm-hmm. that we've watched and reviewed and talked about. And I mean, think about it. Does this compare to anything else on our watch list? Maybe an argument can be made for Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah, I'd the say- care put into yeah. those films, yeah. definitely. But it definitely, you can't argue with the fact that it has a different feel than anything else on the list. Mm-hmm. Everything else feels like they were like, okay, we're going to take things from the comic book and we're going to try and put it and translate it into a movie medium. This was just, okay, we're going to create, we're going to do a story.
2: All right. Yeah, and the, the cool thing is when they... So this, the script was very loose for this movie. They had a loose script, and they allowed all the actors to improv on set. And if you watch any behind-the-scenes stuff, you can see that. And if you watch a movie, you can see just that chemistry is real, and it's raw on the screen. But what they did was when they finished the rough draft of this script, they brought in a bunch of actual comic book writers, character, or people who actually wrote Iron Man. And I, I don't remember all their names, but I know Brian Michael Bendis was a part of it. And they just were able to add more to this movie and add more to the script and give their actual thoughts because uh, it cut to one of them. I, I, I can't remember his name, and I'm sorry for that, but he he's a comic book writer, and he was just thinking about how when he would sit down at home and watch previous comic book movies, how he would be so upset, like, ah, yeah, if you just made a different choice there, if you just followed what was on the page, it would be so much better. And so the fact that Marvel... Because this is Marvel Studios, it, it's a separate branch from the comics division, but they're still, like, working together, and that's the first time this has, this has happened in this big universe, and you really do see the success in that, and just the fact that uh, Marvel had to sell away a, a ton of their big-name characters, and that they would start this universe on such, such a, I don't know, it, it's, it seems weird to say that he wasn't big back then, but... Not many people knew who Tony Stark was before this movie came out.
0: That's so funny. It sounds like exactly what they did with Mando. Mm-hmm. They brought all the fans and they're like,
1: all right, fans, what are we doing?
2: <laughs> and uh, John uh, Fanvero.
1: Fanvero. <laughs> He's for the fans, man. It's like creatively, Disney was bankrupt with Star Wars. Yeah. Financially, Marvel was bankrupt. Li- like, literally with money they didn't have stuff like if this movie was not a success oh, yeah. marvel was bankrupt they at sold this time all their stuff off. <laughs> yeah it, marvel had nothing like this was if this movie had not have been a success we would not be where we are today mm, without a doubt like the fact that this was this was so much of a gamble and no one really even knows about that except i mean if you really dig into it i mean there's all that but like The fact that it's a success is just so cool and such an epic statement.
2: Yeah, and just just to think about how a year after this film comes out, Marvel is purchased by Disney in probably one of the best uh, business deals ever.
0: It was that early on? Yeah. Wow.
1: Because Marvel Studios wasn't what... Oh, no, I might be wrong on this then. Because Marvel Studios was always a thing. No, I don't think so. Because Marvel Studios was a thing by, I think, Thor The Dark World, I think. That's when it was created. But Marvel as a production house was always a thing. But Marvel Studios, you get that nice crisp intro. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Thor The Dark World, if I'm not mistaken. That's the first time that's a, a thing. Great
0: movie to start on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Hey, pretty much every movie after that's a banger. So Yeah, yeah. It's just a bad movie to start on.
2: Yeah, in 2009, Disney swooped in and bought uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe for $4 billion. Wow.
1: Four, So they they went $4 billion for Marvel and then $4 billion for Star Wars. And then they bought Fox for, I think, like $55 billion. Wow. That was the big one, man.
0: Because then you get X-Men. X-Men just cost that much because they've been so
1: good. They just got to buy Spider-Man now. <laughs> and I guess the Hulk.
0: So they got to buy all of Sony Interactive Entertainment. <laughs> impossible that's gonna be a big deal impossible. uh well, one one thing i would do want to say i want to bounce off your point that you said earlier about uh no movie has really come close to this i think that the movie that's come closest to this in a coolness aspect like a movie that appeals to the audience that just wants to watch a cool action movie where the the main character is an epic dude is blade i think okay. blade did an excellent job and I, I wanna I really wanna say that Iron Man, a lot of those cool parts of it where he's just being a, a just a unstoppable force was from Blade. Hmm. Like Blade set that example of, okay, this is what a superhero movie could be with uh in regards to having just an epic character and now Iron Man is gonna take it and run with it. Hmm. I I, yeah. I doubt that actually no. happened, but
1: no, was but the only thing before that, that that was... But Blade was a pioneer. It was. For the superhero genre, whether it, it ab- sure likes was. to admit it or not. You yeah. know? Like, all the epicness and coolness comes from... That, that was the start.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was the second Marvel movie. Well, I mean, everything comes from Howard the Duck, so...
1: <laughs> That's true. We can't have
2: nothing without Howard the Duck. You sure. know who I forgot was in this movie? Who? Guess. Uh, Phil Coulson. Yes. I literally...
1: Cause he was the coolest guy back in the day. I remember loving Phil Colson. And then when he was killed off in Avengers, I was like
2: uh, spoilers. Spoilers. What? My Which one's Phil Colson again? Who's it? Are you actually asking? Come on, yeah. bro. Who? Come no. on. I'm not too familiar
0: with earlier. Really no. Come on, who is he? No, no. The GOAT.
1: Me. Agent Phil Colson. Come on, bro. Shield. Let me show let me guy. show shield. you a cat. Oh,
0: the shield guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shield guy. Yep, yep, yep. I know what you mean. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, bro. I'm bad with the names. I'm Phil bad with the names.
2: Phil is he's such the a. He's the connective tissue of Phase One. Like legit though, he like not Sam Jackson.
1: He was in oh, he was in Incredible Hulk, but I'm pretty sure he's in every other MCU movie. Might not be Cap though at the end. Sam
2: but. Jackson is for sure connective tissue, Micah. But Phil Coulson. Has. I really like that joke that they kept saying Shield and like
0: breaking down the acronyms and everything terrible name. which
2: in hindsight kind of doesn't work because. If you Captain go Marvel. to Captain Marvel, yeah, they, I was thinking that while it was playing,
1: and I was like, "Ooh," but let's just
2: say Phil Coulson didn't know about the really cool acronym of Shield,
1: the really cool acronym. But no, <laughs>
2: Phil Coulson is he's a great character, and yep, I can't
0: wait to see more of him. Yeah, yeah I, I liked him in this movie. He I is, is a, his name. I
2: think his biggest role is in Thor. Yeah, he's got a big role in Thor. I
1: remember
0: that. Yep,
2: he's a beast in that movie.
1: And I also, you said you like Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. I was, I wanted to highlight her in my like in the review of this I'm glad you said that too cuz she is great in this movie she gets a little more like she's not given as much in later movies mm-hmm. like in Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. she's kind of just stressed in Iron Man 2 she's got a, a big role but in everything else she's kind of well, yeah, just they give her like superpowers
2: in Iron Man 3 yeah right yeah. she gets
1: extremist powers
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah but in this she really gets a lot and you like there's scene on the rooftop that he brings up at the end, which is hilarious. Really, really, really good.
2: Well yeah, and her introduction in the in the movie is great. It's like, oh hello, what are you doing? Oh, just taking out the trash. It's you like, must be oh, yeah. uh, like she knows how big of an a hole Tony is, and she <laughs> she still she still falls for him. But it's in like a genuine way. Cause she knows that behind all of that crap,
1: there is a good man, mm-hmm. and I mean, he slowly starts to become that man. And that's you why see, she marries yeah, you him, see but, that
2: when she gives him his his old arc reactor, you know, t- proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Yes, I think
0: Pepper Potts' role in this movie w- beyond the expectations that I had for mm-hmm. it. I thought she was just gonna be the the Alfred who's there for just a little bit and then kind of goes says maybe one line or two that's influential to the character, but no, she comes back many times. Helps in she helps in that battle and she, she makes Tony a better person throughout this movie. She does. She's and a- throughout the series, and I can't wait to see what they do with Gwyneth Paltrow. And I, I it, it makes me upset that you said that she doesn't have very much further. And now that I'm remembering, I can't remember anything else that Pepper Potts does until like Endgame, <laughs> maybe in Iron Man Three. I know you said that she gets powers, but uh, I hope something story wise comes up with Pepper
2: Potts more.
1: Cause she is still still lying, in the yeah. MCU technically.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll see her in She'll the armor probably be wars. Iron maybe Harder, Ar- armor maybe. wars maybe with James. Oh,
0: armor wars for sure.
1: They turned that into a movie now, though, right? Yeah, that's a movie. It's now. It's a movie now. Yeah, not a TV series. That's gonna be interesting.
0: She wants out, though. She doesn't want to be in the MCU.
1: No, she's she's like, yeah, I do. I, and I mean, that's fine. I, I'm I don't need to see her anymore. But it's nice to have this. At the start, because mm-hmm. I mean, look, think of who we've had before the biggest character, the biggest love interest that's had any focus in any of the movies is Mary Jane. And we all know what we think about her. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's nice <laughs> to have a different kind. I mean, think about it. I mean, what's another like main female actress that's given this much depth in anything else the besides blame. sex? No, you mean before I can't name any of her. Yeah, before, before in any of these movies besides sex appeal. Because yeah. I mean you could count Electra, but <laughs> Electra.
0: <laughs> I feel like one of them in the Blade movies was What's almost the there. I don't know.
1: Exactly. There you go. <laughs> no, that's, I don't think oh, that's either. all that needs to be no, said.
2: No, no,
0: no. One of them was close. <laughs> no one I don't remember which one.
2: But no one w- it even comes close. I mean, yeah, Faltro. No.
0: It wasn't anywhere close. She's it was great. Almost close to a passable female.
2: <laughs> and some we this. we kinda hinted on the the Burger King earlier in the podcast, but I really do love that scene when he uh, comes out and Obadiah is like, Oh, you, you got another one for me? So I know I only got two. And then he finishes the one and then he's in the, uh, he pulls out another one in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. and he just straight up lies to Obadiah. And it's just such a subtle thing and it's so cool. And uh, the he- real life reason to why it's Burger King, I don't know if you guys knew this, but RDJ went, uh, he had just bought a bunch of drugs. It was still when he was deep in his addiction. And he went to Burger King, he got a burger, and he ate the burger, and he said it was the worst burger he's ever had in his life. It was so bad that it made him look at all the drugs, reconsider his life, and throw out all the drugs. No way. Yeah, so Burger King, in a way, literally changed his life.
0: Burger King is the RDJ. RDJ. Oh no, as to, wait, wait. As Iron Man is to the MCU. Wow. Holy cow. (laughs) The
1: correction stone. Holy catfish, man. He has a lot of those snarky quotes. Like when he's going through that whole gala. Uh, he was the gala. so well in this Dude, movie. Dude, but when the lady's like, hey, Tony, remember me? He's like, sure don't. And he walks just right past <laughs> her. I'm like, whoa, holy cow. And
0: I love how they balance it too. So he does those snarky comments as well as in the next line, he's saying something really deep about the Stark Industries. Like at the party scene, he's going with, with uh, Pepper. And then he turns around and there's the reporter there. And he's he's talking like, I did not know this was going on. I need to address this right now. Like, he has his business side, and we get to see that in this movie. And I hope we get to see more of that, too. Mm. In the, if,
1: if we're dealing under the table, are we? When he's talking to Obadiah, and he's like, let's take a picture, man. Let's take a picture. Obadiah is great in this movie, too. It's he's never. It's nothing him. huge. Like, that's the thing. Nothing stand. I mean, the only character who really... Uh, goes after this movie is Gwyneth Paltrow because I mean War Machine gets recast I mean you have Happy too but I mean the side, as side characters go everyone's great mm. and obviously you have the iconic quote William here is the technology I've asked you to simply make it smaller okay sir and that's what we're trying to do but
0: honestly it's impossible
2: Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps
1: I'm sorry. I'm not Tony Stark.
2: He's yelling at uh, a Peter Binging, uh, Bingingsley character. who Ralphie. Re- yeah, Ralphie in A Christmas Story, and then he reappears in uh, Far From Home. Yes. That
0: was him? What?
1: Same guy who helps Mysterio
2: And out. it's funny, if you look at uh, the picture of him in real life, he looks completely different. Oh like, yeah,
0: they put a bald cap on him. It was a really no, bad they, bald cap.
2: They shaved his head. Actually. Oh, they shaved. Yeah, they actually shaved his head. I thought it was fake. Yeah, no and then way. He, then he grew a terrible mustache. I he, just
0: watched the the new a Christmas Story Christmas on HBO Max. What did which, you
2: think of that movie? Because
1: I thought it
0: was really good. I actually did. Saw you, it you really twice. like it? I saw it twice because my aunt wanted to watch it, and then my uncle was like, "Hey, I wanted to watch that," but it was after, so we watched it in the living room again too. So. We've been
1: considering watching it, but we have no. Like If
0: you love the original, then you'll love this one.
1: Really? Because yeah. I love the original. That's why I don't want to watch the new one. Because I feel like it's going to be, it's going to tarnish the legacy of it. No, you know? no, it's good. Really? Yeah. We're going to have to watch it. I, wa- I want to see it now. A lot of people were like, dude, I cried. It was so good. It was really good.
2: Wow. So you heard a lot of people saying it was good, but at the same time you didn't watch it?
1: No, because I assumed it would be another like nostalgic cash grab, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Kind of like this movie. And when it came out, people didn't want to watch it because all the Marvel movies that came out before it were like, oh man, it's just going to be another comic book movie.
2: But it wasn't that, man. It wasn't. It was so good. Since we're on the topic of Christmas movies, we have to point out that one of the the only other major films John Favreau did before this was Elf.
1: Yeah. We were going through his movies and we were talking about like, dang, we were realizing that John Favreau only makes good films, you know? Iron Mr. Man chef I love chef there you go I've never seen it but I've heard it's great He not only did he kickstart Iron Man he kickstarted you re-kickstarted I guess Star Wars you mm-hmm. know He brought it back from the sequel crap and gave us in my opinion the best thing that Disney has done I'm not counting the Clone Wars season 7 because mm-hmm. that's just stuff from old recycled yeah Mando is truly great and that was him, man. It's because he has a great love of what he's doing, and he puts care into his product. Mm,
2: yeah. It's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, and I've mentioned it before, but if you guys got time, go on those extras on Disney Plus. And that's a cool thing about everything coming up now. We'll be able to go on the Disney Plus and watch all the extras for it. And just the care that John Favreau put into this and the stress he felt. And uh, there's a, a little meeting of them just talking about the VFX and how this has to get done and this has to get done. And just how they really stressed about Iron Man's voice. They were real careful on crafting it and making sure that they got the the voice right because they were like, if if we do it wrong, it's going to be terrible. Did they talk about the stuff in
1: Gulmira? Because for that scene, his voice is weird. Just for that one scene. He's all yours. Like, it doesn't sound like Tony. But in everything else, it does. So what, what's the deal there, you know?
2: I, I know nothing.
1: Because you know, you know what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, different. it sounds
2: weird. And it's the only line he says in that whole sequence. He's all yours. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. But it, and it sounds like maybe he was using Batman's voice modulator from Batman v Superman. But it sounds really weird. Another thing I'd like to recommend
0: listening to is uh, Phase Zero did an interview with the props guy. Remember that? Yes. Remember that, that was, that was awesome. a good interview. I like that, liked was that great. one. So he's been on since Iron Man, or even before that, I think, even. I think he did a couple X Men movies before. And uh, he's been on all the way up until now. I think he's still in the game. And he talks about his uh, experience building all these props, all the arc reactors, and uh, the process of building these things. And uh, he talks about Mjolnir. And it's super great interview. Definitely recommend that one. Okay. I forgot his name, but.
1: Micah, if you had to pick a favorite scene in Iron Man, what would it be?
0: There are many parts of this movie where, just like in Blade, it made me go, whoa, dude. Many times, many times. I mean, the last second of the movie, when it goes,
2: truth is. I am Iron
0: Man. And then cut to mm-hmm. credits immediately. <laughs> Epic. Yeah, that made me yeah. that made me audibly yell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Completely reshaping just the style of the MCU and how secret identities wouldn't really be a thing. Ah. Which is I think a great move because the thing with secret identities is they're really cool, and I love watching the struggle between superhero and self. But I do think in a cinematic universe, it it could get very old if every single character has a secret identity. So that I, I think it's really cool that they just, right out the jump, just, yep, I'm Iron Man. Deal with it.
1: And it works because it's never been done before. Mm-hmm. I mean, Batman came out three years ago. This is what Dark Knight came out this year. Big secret identity, you know? The other... Movies have had this, you know, But at the end, I am Iron Man. That's a great scene, man. There's a few that are better in this movie. And like, that's the one it's known for, for sure. Yeah. Ethan, if you had to pick your favorite scene in this movie, what would it be?
2: Oh, it's, it's the scene in his lab when he's first trying to figure out how to fly. To me, that scene is just so good when you see him, you know, strapping on the legs for the first time and strapping on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the arms for the first time and it all looks so real you're like yeah this this looks so real and then he's just like all right one percent power and he's just flying he's just flying around the lab and he lands so yeah i can fly i to me that scene and just knowing the behind the scenes stuff and how that that's all, all practical the only thing they really add are the uh repulsor power and they take out the little green wires supporting him. So it, t- it's just so cool to me. And in a scene with, in a movie with so many great scenes, that one, I don't know why, it just, it stands out just the look and the feel of it to me just are so Iron Man.
1: And I love it when his little robot like, sprays him. Yes. If you douse move- me again, I'm donating yes. you to a city college. <laughs> and
2: rethinking about this movie, it has so few characters, like few main characters. And it's because of that uh, chemistry RDJ can have with these robots on set. Mm. And Jarvis. Jarvis, yeah. yeah. Vision,
1: holy cow. Isn't that weird to think about? Like, that's Vision. I love that interview. But he's Tony's AI. I love that interview
0: with with that guy. He said, I never thought that I would be (laughs) playing Vision in 10 years. (laughs) That's crazy to think about, though. Because he was a nobody. Right? He had no—he was just some poor actor from— la or yeah paul Europe bettany or, yeah paul he bettany.
2: recorded all his lines for iron man one in two hours and then now he is this massive superhero character has his own show yeah
1: yeah <laughs> that's crazy so
0: yeah real quick i love the humble moments in this movie mm-hmm. The the building of this character it takes its time building i mean we have two build-up scenes of this character. Yeah. And
2: then he goes back to the drawing board again for Mark III. Yes. And you pointed out how, you know, the action sequences are, are awesome, like Blade. But this movie is so, so much better in Blade in so many different ways. Just the character work they do with Tony and the realism of it and just...
0: Oh, yeah, the character work is... Yeah, the character work Blade. in Blade <laughs> is,
2: is not good. So I just wanted to make that that clarification. And
0: Just the coolness of Blade, I think, is what Iron Man is matching here. Yeah.
2: Yes. You said small moments. Yeah. And
1: I would have to go with that for my favorite scene. If you would have asked me four or five years ago what my favorite scene was, it would have been him going into Gomira, tearing up those terrorists, shooting the little missile right into the tank, and it blows up as he walks so away. Crazy. How cool is that? But in retrospect, this scene is my favorite. I'm going to play it right now. Whoa. Listen listen to his words. Listen to what he says. Tony. You know that I would help you with anything, but I cannot help you if you're going to start all of this again.
0: There is nothing except this. There is no art opening. There is no benefit. There is nothing to sign. There is the next mission and nothing else.
1: Is that so? Well, then I quit.
2: You stood by my side all these years while I reaped the benefits of destruction. And now that I'm trying to protect the people that I put in harm's way, you're gonna walk out?
1: You're gonna kill yourself, Tony. I'm not gonna be a part of it.
2: I shouldn't be alive. Unless it was for a reason. I'm not crazy, Pepper. I just finally know what I have to do. I know in my heart that it's right.
1: It doesn't get better than that right there when you really think about it. I just finally know what I have to do. And I know in my heart that it's right. And taking the story into perspective, Mm -hmm. taking his life into perspective, that scene hits like a truck. Yes. It's so... It's so good, man. Uh,
2: yeah, Over the Thanksgiving Day weekend, my cousin was over and he asked me, so you're a big MCU guy. Whose story do you like better? Do you like Steve Rogers or Tony Stark's? And I, I just had to dive into all the nitty gritty. To me, Steve is noble from the start. And he just continues to be noble. And he learns more skills. And he betters his craft in just being a superhero. But to me the arc of Tony. It doesn't even come close. Just the man that you see in Iron Man one and then the man that you see in Endgame. You know, that that's an arc. And to me the, the changing of his character and just becoming the man that, you know, a true hero is. He'll lay his life down for others. And we'll get to talk about this more as the MCU goes and as uh 'cause the the lowest lows of this movie you know, he, he, gets, he gets a little lower in Iron Man 2, so his arc is nowhere near over, mm-hmm. and even by the time we get to the Avengers, the relationship that him and Steve establish in that film, and where that goes, and what they do with that, it's great. And It's so good. I'm already just watching this, I'm so excited for the Avengers, and just the future of this watch-through.
1: We're almost there, man. We're in 2008? It's, I can't wait. So, Micah, if you... Actually, you know what? I'll shoot this to Ethan first. If you had to pick a character that's not Tony Stark, mm-hmm. who would you pick? Who, who, what, what performance stood out to you the most?
2: Yeah, it was Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, we, we <laughs> talked about it a ton. And just the... Even that scene you just played, the emotions and the weight that she's able to display. She's like, I quit. It... It's so good and just she understood the assignment and she's more than just the, the female uh, characters that we've seen in Marvel. She is an actual character who actually is super cool and super successful and really is what seems to be a big reason to why Tony is able to excel the way that he is or at least his industry is is just all the work that she's doing and everything she's managing. So just the fact that we get her and that she's a real character and the chemistry that she has with Tony is is just so good. It's so good in this movie. And you talk about the scene of them out on the rooftop mm. and just the scene that we get later in the movie. Their relationship just feels real. No part of it feel, contri- feels contrived. It feels genuine. And I just love seeing that grow and seeing just seeing where it'll go.
0: Yeah, it shows the... It shows that she knows him better than anyone else. Maybe happy, but not even happy, knows Tony Stark as much as Pepper Potts. And Pepper knows that knows the best, knows the worst, knows what he's hiding, and knows what he could be. And I think that's what she's attracted to, too. She's attracted to the good that's inside Tony Stark. The the heart that he has. And we see that in this movie. We see that he is, sure, he's that playboy, philanthropist, billionaire, whatever. Does whatever he wants. No questions asked. But he also has that other side of him where he cares about what the planet is. You know, he cares about where his weapons are going. He doesn't want people to be hurt from the wrong side, right? And he goes out of his way to protect those that he cares about. Hmm. And I think that's what is awesome about Tony and I can't wait to see more of that. I can't wait to see more of how people take those out of Tony and show, you know, push Tony to the edge. Where is he going to, how much is he going to sacrifice to better humanity? And we see that in Endgame. And that's when Gwen says, uh, that's when Pepper Potts says, you can rest now. (laughs) Yeah. Because this whole series this whole MCU, Pepper is there to support Tony while he struggles to save humanity. I don't think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and the the thing that makes Tony Stark so special is just his flaws mm-hmm. and how messed up he is at times. And Because as human beings, we're all messed up. We all screw up. It's just one of the core things to being human. We're all sinful. But... Uh, in in it was around, in 2013 stanley did an interview where he admitted that he wrote the character tony stark on a bet that he couldn't write a character that would be disliked and to me that's just so interesting that even when he tried to write a character that was unlikable that he still turned out to be this he <laughs> right now he's like one of the biggest superheroes of all time and we love him we all we all cried in that moment when he when he uh, sacrifices his life for the for the universe, and it it's just a testament to what a redemption arc is.
1: Hmm. So you, Micah, you would say that Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. is also your. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, and you you gave good points, and I you know what I'll go with the villain because a good superhero movie is. He's a is, very notable
0: character. Yeah,
1: Obadiah Stane, man, the Iron Monger. I think he has some of the best lines in this movie and it, why it works. I mean, everyone says that the Ten Rings group, like, those are the real bad guys. But Obadiah, he's like... He goes in and murders them the, all. He's the yeah. main antagonist, yeah. 100%. He's got that little the, the ear-ringing thing That's was like, ooh. Even hearing it on the screen, watching it, was like, I would not want to be in that room, man. Cold-blooded dude. And I mean, come on, it's Jeff Bridges. Yeah. He's an intimidating dude. So... I really loved his performance. I think every performance works, but Gwyneth Paltrow and Jeff Bridges stand out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you're going to pick a favorite character, pick Tony.
2: Yes, I mean, that's of course. Co- of course. It's a no-brainer. Got to make pick
0: the Tony question every interesting. Every Iron Man bro. movie going forward. Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: The the funny thing about when Jeff Bridges was cast, is he was very excited to be able to wear the Iron Monger suit. But then Favreau was like, oh, actually, you're you're not going to be able to wear the suit. You're going to be just the side villain. Because the the main focus, they wanted the Mandarin to be the the big villain of this movie, but ultimately John Favreau shied away from that because he didn't think he could handle it right.
1: Wow. Oh wow. That's pretty cool, man. That's good on him for exercising that restraint. Just shows that he was the right man for the job. Mm-hmm. But now, gentlemen, we have a job of our own. now we We have ranked and scored. Every film that has come before pre-2008, pre-MCU, but now it's time to rank the first MCU film and give our score to Iron Man. And we will start with Mr. Het. What score are you giving Iron Man? Iron Man
0: is, while it's not a perfect movie, it doesn't, it doesn't,
2: uh,
0: what doesn't it do? (laughs) I was about to say something it doesn't do, but what doesn't it do? <laughs>
2: yeah, he's lost for words.
0: I I'm lost for it's words. It's a ten. It's a ten. No, it's not a ten. It's not a ten. Um, but it, what it does do, it does right. There, sure, you could have added more plot elements to make it a ten. No movie is a ten. No movie touches every hmm. single topic in the world that you can talk about. That makes a movie complete in every single way. And. This isn't a self-contained story. We can see if by the end of the trilogy of the Iron Man movies, but that's not the end of Tony's character arc anyway. So, I don't know. I'll have to think about what makes a movie a 10. Um, But does it get everything that I like about it right? I don't know. I'm thinking... All right, in the ranking. (laughs) In the ranking. I don't think it's as good as Spider-Man 2. Okay. I think that Spider-Man 2 is... Pretty much peak for me in regards to the action, romance, CGI.
1: And you gave Spider Man 2 a I I gave Spider-Man 2 9.5.
0: 9. nine and a half. Okay. Nine and a half.
2: Which I, in Micah's ranking, if no movie ever makes it to ten, then a nine point five is nine point five is very good. good. Yeah. yeah. Uh
0: next highest for me would have been uh uh Spider-Man three. So it's better than Spider-Man three, that's for sure. And I gave that an eight and a half. So, mm. I'm thinking 9.2.
1: 9.2.
0: 9.2. I can't complain about this movie. There's nothing there's nothing about this movie that I'm like wow, the pacing was great. I loved how quick it was. It felt full. It felt like the action was there, the 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 like I don't know. Like the everything. I loved everything about this movie. <laughs> But does it take it to that next level? I don't think so. I think that Spider-Man 2 had more layers. Hmm. I think it was more connected in the um, the plots. I think that Iron Man needed to do this, though, to open itself up to the entire MCU. Hmm. So that's what I like about Iron Man. That's Nine? what I dislike about Iron Man. There isn't much. There isn't much I dislike about Iron Man. 9.2. 9.
1: 9. All right.
2: Mr. Wensloff. Yes. Yeah, so I am in a a similar camp with Micah where I also like Spider-Man two is also my top, top rating right now. And for me, it's at an 8.7 and it's just, it's so hard because I love Spider-Man two in so many ways. And then I love Iron Man in so many ways. But to me, if I'm looking critically, I think Iron Man is a better film than Spider-Man two. Emotionally, I think Spider-Man two Hits me a little harder though. So we're back we're back yeah, down and that's to- what I care about. We're ba- about yeah, we're too. back down to square one. <laughs> so to me, I I personally can't make that choice. So I'm gonna put this right where I have Spider Man two at an eight point seven. Wow.
1: Wow. I'm putting them then even. Look at that. So we all had Spider Man two as number one. And is it better? Is it as good? Is it that's the question right there. But I think it's kind of an unfair question. Spider Man Two is a sequel. Spider Man Two is 2004. This is 2008. It exists for a completely different purpose than this one. Yep. This just launches its own. I think they're very different movies. Very different. So to compare them might be a disservice. Well, I also maybe? think that Spider Man Two stands alone as a, as it, a movie. You no, know, it, and it absolutely can. You can but watch
0: Spider Man Two by itself, and it catches you up in the intro. It. It does everything that it needs to do to make it
1: a standalone film. But it is built upon by another film. It is. So there's that added bonus to it. Not that it gets any more props from that. Yeah. But I think it's a little unfair to compare the two almost, in my opinion.
2: But... Yeah, how dare we compare the movies on this list that we're ranking in right. order. How, I know. Exactly. How dare. Exactly. <laughs> At the end of
1: the day, you do have to, though. And for me, I like this movie just as much as I like Spider-Man 2, it's not a 9. Because mm-hmm. I, I agree, there are, there are, I think, about three movies that in my personal life experience, I would give a 10 out of 10. And this is not one of them. I wouldn't give us a 9.5. I wouldn't give it a 9. I'm giving it an 8.5. Mm. Iron Man gets an 8.5. So 8.5, 8.7, 9.2 gives us an average of, my guess is an 8.8. 8. Uh, ooh, uh I, I clicked on the wrong thing. Eight point eight. There exactly it is. Eight point eight. Which
0: puts it is it point one lower than Spider Man Two? Oh, it's not number one. Not quite. And oh. then Spider Man is our next highest at a seven point nine. Mm. So we've got quite a gap up at the top there. Yeah.
1: So Spider Man
0: Two's at Spider Man Two is at an eight point nine. Eight point nine, and and then this is at Iron 8. Man 8. is at eight point eight.
2: Wow. <laughs> I like I like that yep. point edge. Yep. On it, I like that. I think I, I would agree. Honestly,
0: it is very, very close. Yes, very close. Look but Spider Man Two is
1: is a better movie. I I don't
2: there. think I could have uh, handpicked that that better.
1: And it's nice because I don't remember where it happened on like where it put on the scale. So mm-hmm. like that just go that's off the dome off of our averages, and that's the beauty of it, man. Because now we're getting into MCU films, and where does it rank up to the films that have come before previously? You know. We're going to start to really see, you know, according to three gentlemen, individuals, where every Marvel film ranks. And that's the beauty of where this is at. So if you're just starting on this journey, you know, we really are just getting started, even though we've ranked many, many films. (laughs) We've ranked.
2: We started with Howard the Duck. We went through Blade. We went through the X-Men movies. We went through Daredevil and Elektra. We've got a lot of movies under our belt, and we're only going to keep going. The Punisher.
1: And speaking of that, our next film is... Another stinker. <laughs> Another stinker. Hold on, hold on, man. Or is it Cause, good? Because I, I... People, I've got people a soft know this spot. movie is bad, but I, yeah. I don't remember it as being bad. I've got a soft spot for The Incredible Hulk, mm. which is next up on our list. This oh. was released two months after Iron Man. We didn't talk about the post credit scene at all for Iron Man.
0: I think that, real quick... Uh, People left the theaters. If you guys didn't know, people left the theaters before this post-credits scene went Nobody knew about this one. Nobody did. And it wasn't the first post-credits scene. A lot of people think this was the first post-credits scene, but we had other ones before. We
2: had X-Men The Last Stand with that uh, Charles Xavier revival scene. But this one
1: is the one to really tease something. Whoa. Avengers? What? I didn't know this existed until... I mean, Avengers came out and then it happened. Like, I didn't know it existed. I never stayed and watched after, you know. It was always on cable, and we would click away from it. It would be in that small screen as the credits rolled, getting ready for the next movie on cable. But, I mean, yeah, it's a big one, man. It only gets
0: crazier from here. Cause, Like, in- what's the next one? Is the next one Thanos?
1: Which one is Thanos in it? Avengers. Avengers? Okay. Avengers has Thanos as the end credits scene. Okay. But Incredible Hulk is the next movie on our list. And that one does
2: not have a post-credit scene. It awesome. has an end scene. It has an end scene that people call a post-credit yeah. scene, but it's not. We'll we'll get to no. talk about it. Yeah, next we'll talk week. about it next time. Exactly. exactly. So yeah, next week, The Incredible Hulk, and if you don't know it, it is technically a requel, as they call it, to Ang Lee's Hulk. But you don't need to see that to understand it. And this movie is considered the black sheep of the MCU where we, we have had what if episodes go back to it and she Hulk just aired and they draw heavily from this. And we do have captain America, new world order, which will introduce the leader from this movie. But yeah, the, the recasting of Edward Norton and we'll dive all into that next week. But a a brief synopsis of this is Bruce Banner, a scientist on the run from the U S government must find a cure for the monster he turns into whenever he loses his temper. And this is, Unfortunately, it is not on Disney Plus. But if you do have HBO Max, you can watch it there.
1: Yikes! Bad time the, to get rid of that uh,
0: the subscription. 4K- Blu-ray box set. Oh no, no! I have, I have the regular
1: Blu-ray. Box I set. was gonna say I also own this movie on Blu-ray, so I don't have to worry about it. It's nice with these MCU films because I mean, it's an MCU film. You probably own it already. I have the whole collection of, fa- of phases one through three, the Infinity Sega, as you call it. So, I mean. It's a pop and a disc, you know. Still have
0: to get Phase Three Part Two. I've been waiting on
1: that one. Uh, you've got those ones too. I
0: have Phase One, Two, and Three Part One. I don't have Part Two.
1: Got to get it, man. I know. They I make a it. nice little those mini posters. Those are nice. absolutely worth it. I would say just just that alone, and then you also have those title cards. Very cool. Very cool box set. I would definitely recommend. I I've been waiting for them to make a Phase Four because I want to get that
2: only Phase Four movie I've purchased. It should this.
0: be a couple uh, couple months. Until they we'll
2: see. It. We'll see because. They haven't been putting the Phase Four shows out on Blu-ray, but just movies. Yeah, just movies. I wouldn't. I don't even know if I'd buy a show. You know, maybe just to have
1: it as physical media. I would. I would. But I would, for I sure buy.
0: Things, Blu-ray.
1: Yeah, but the
2: shows are not. You'd have a Loki Blu-ray. You'd have a Loki. I would have a Loki. Yeah, for sure. That oh, one I, I would, buy would a 4K have. Blu-ray. Yes. One. Yeah. That
0: one in WandaVision. Yes.
2: yes. A dev- oh, for absolutely. When sure. we get to that point in our watch through, we'll have to make an exception to maybe watch a couple shows. We might have to watch a few shows, just a I couple we of them. I think
0: we should
1: rewatch them. It'll be enough. Yeah, but then what? Where's the exception line? Because
2: you have Daredevil. Let's, let's draw that. Let's let's make Micah rewatch uh, Miss Marvel. Marvel. Let's make him do it. Let's make Micah watch daredevil <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it's happening for sure all and right, guys. This, this is a little side note but if if you just check out our podcast also go check out our youtube channel ben just uh released an awesome video of him ranking the entire mcu and it's actually a really fun watch if you have 30 extra minutes on your hands
1: I try and keep it as brief as possible in between until we get to the last three. And you do a great job. You do a great Another job. Other, number Thank one you. is
0: actually Howard the Duck. So. <laughs> hey, Howard the Duck. <laughs> right no, on. I'm thinking of
1: doing that or maybe a tier list or something when we finish it in like 2027. But that'll be epic, man. But <laughs> I mean, if yes. it
0: shows we would never finish this thing. <laughs> no.
1: I mean, if it shows a quick binge. Quick binge. It shows
2: we'd have to go season by season instead of episode by episode. Oh, yeah. I can't do For it sure. Come on. Yeah, I know. I don't even know if I had the time yeah. to do that either. I don't even but I didn't
0: have time just the mental capacity. I binged uh I Wars and Rebels. I can't tell you what happens in any season.
2: <laughs> all right. That's I great. binged those slow enough to where I can I remember them all.
1: Which is key. It's key, honestly. I had the benefit of growing up. So I watched every episode like four times. You know
0: something our, our audience should binge though is Multiverse Monologues. The if this is your first episode, <laughs> go back and listen to our Howard the Duck episode back when we were young, naive.
2: Micah's first podcast, Howard yeah.
0: the Duck. Yeah. No, first no, the second Batman, one. The Batman it's, was True, true.
1: That's true. Very, very true. So go back, listen to those podcasts. That would be great. We hope you've enjoyed this discussion of Iron Man. And uh, we will see you guys next week in our discussions of The Incredible Hulk. Um, otherwise, this is Ben Rayside. This is Ethan Wanseloff. This is Micah Hett. And we hope you all have an absolutely... Fantastic day. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control.
2: See a shrink? It's a little bit more complicated than that. Bruce, trust me when I tell you I've heard them all. Not this one.
1: We've never seen anything even close to your levels of exposure that you survived an event like that. It's beyond my comprehension. I don't wanna control it. I wanna get rid of it. As
0: far as I'm concerned, that man's whole body is property of the US Army.
2: They want it as a weapon. If we let it go, we will never get it back. What was <laughs> that?
1: There's only one thing that can fight that, it's in me. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it.